what do you believe and who do you believe? And that's determined by what you hear. Because faith comes by and hearing comes by. So if you're hearing the word of God, that means that you're paying attention, you're listening to the word of God. So when something comes opposite to the word of God, you don't receive it. So I want to ask you, what have you been receiving? What have you been hearing? Because whatever you hear, that's what you're listening to, and that's what you begin to do. Because here, God wants us to hear, and then he wants us to do. So the listening is in between that. I don't know about you, but when somebody is talking to me and they're saying stuff over and over and over again, you act like you're hearing them. But you're actually not paying attention or listening. So they say, what did I say? The only thing you hear is blah, 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 blah. So you're not really paying attention. So when we come before him, we want to be able to hear what he's saying, listen to it, and begin to carry it out. That's the only way you're going to see the manifestation of what God wants and not what man wants. You have to know what's behind man. And this is why God gives us the discerning of spirits. He lets us know what's good and what's bad. And this is why we need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. To have those nine gifts of the Spirit. So when we're out amongst people, we're able to manifest God unto them. Not we ourselves, but we're able to do what he would have us to do according to his will and not ours. So our believing is based on what we hear. So watch what you're hearing. Watch what you're paying attention to because that's whom you're going to believe. And God don't want us to take our focus off of him. He wants us to pay so close attention to what he's saying. Nobody else would take us away from that. Nothing no one. Amen. Amen. Father, we just thank you and we glorify you on this day. We thank you, God, that this is the day that you have made. We shall, we will rejoice and be glad in it. God, in spite of what's going on around us, Father God, we lift you up. We exalt you. We magnify you, God, because you are truly the one and, and true living God. So, God, we're so thankful and we're so grateful for your grace, for your mercy, because it is sufficient for us on today. And God, I thank you for strengthening that which remains. And God, I bind all animosity on today. In the name of Jesus, I bind every harassing spirit on today. God, I bind every mind-boggling spirit on today. In Jesus' name, and I loose your love upon us today. Because love covers a multitude of sin. God, and your love was shed abroad in our heart through the Holy Ghost. So God, we have no excuse to love one another outside of how we feel so i thank you for our helper and our teacher on today which is the holy spirit holy spirit as i open my mouth i thank you that you have already filled it and i thank you that the people of god receive this word of god on today in jesus name god i thank you that i have been crucified with christ and it's no longer i who live but it is christ who lives in me in jesus name amen and amen, amen. let us begin again in the book of Exodus, I'm still talking about how well do you know God? How well do you know him? We started out with the book of Exodus, and we're going to move a little bit further. Exodus 33. And this is talking about Moses. 
God is so good, isn't he? Let's look at Exodus 33. And I want to start with verse 12 again, and we're going to read on down. Exodus 33, verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See thou say unto me, Bring up this people, that thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also found grace in my sight. Now therefore I pray thee, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee. That I may find grace in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. And he said, my presence shall go with thee, and I will give thee rest. You can be seated. We're still talking about how well do you know him. And Moses is a good example of knowing God. Knowing God means not knowing about him, but knowing him, becoming acquainted with him, having an intimacy with him. And when you have an intimacy with the person, you know their ways because they have made themselves known to you. They have let you know what they like and what they dislike. The longer you spend with people you're not getting the same perspective that someone else have about that person. No matter what they say about that person, you would say, no, that's not true. No, that's not true about that person because we do not know any man by the flesh. We know men by the spirit. So you don't look at man in the flesh because you may see all kind of stuff. You have to say, Lord, show me who they are now that they're in you. Remember Eli when... Um, who was it? Samuel went to anoint the next king. He thought he was going to be the next king because on the outside, he looked like he should be a king. But God told him, do not look at the outer appearance. He said, I don't look at that. He said, I look at the heart. So when we get to know the heart of God, we get to know about his love. And the same love that God has is on the inside of us because we're in him. He's dwelling in us. We're his temple. So how can we say we don't love our brother and sister because they got out of the way of God or they done something they should not done or said something they should not have said unto us? We're still supposed to show that love because that type of love that God has is a dying love. That type of love um, dies to yourself. It dies to what you want to do and how you want to do it. And that type of love looks at others. It don't look at yourself. It don't look at your hurt or how you feel. It don't look at, you know, how you've been emotionalized with that person. You have to lean and depend on the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, help me. So I don't know how to go in and out with that person. I have learned in ministry that you deal with all sorts of people. Everybody don't act the same. I don't care how saved they are. I'm just going to be honest. See, what we look at, what we have to know is everybody go through different things. And the only way we're going to know what a person is going through, even though we haven't been through it, is leaning and depending on him. Getting to know God because God is all knowing. He know all about us. He know the beginning. He knows the end. So when a person is going through, we have to say, God, show me. Show me what to say. Show me what to do. God, you have to show me and God will show you, begin to show you like he showed Moses because Moses said, he said, God, I want your presence to go. If your presence don't go, we're not going. And then he said, God, he said, show me your way. See, they knew his acts. 
Israel knew his acts, but Moses said, I want to know your way. It's good to have his acts, to see the miracles, to see the healing, to see the prosperity. But y'all, when all that's said and done, when you don't know about his love attached to these things, you begin to question God. You begin to ask God, well, God, what's going on? God, what's happening? But the more you get to know him, you get to know his characteristics. You get to know his attributes. And you begin to say, God, I don't understand, but I know you understand all things. So, God, show me you. I want to get to know you in such a way, God, that comes what may, God, I can be comforted. God, I can be in a place that I don't have to be angry at the world because this happened to me and didn't happen to somebody else. That's how much we supposed to know, God, to be in a place that when somebody else, you know, be blessed, we're, we're blessed as well because they're blessed. We're not jealous because they got something before you got something. You've been praying for it for 20 years and all of a sudden after a week, God drops it in somebody else's lap. We can say, God, I don't understand. But I know you understand all things. And see, God wants us to come to him. And when we come to him as a loving father, just like some of us, you know, with our fathers here in the natural, some of us may not have a relationship with our natural father the way we need to have that relationship, but we know that they're dad. We know that they're our dad. We know that they're a part of us. We may not have that relationship, and that relationship may be based on not coming together, not sharing. And God does not want this because we lost that intimacy with God. We lost that fellowship with him because of sin. And that's why God had to come down. He said, I want my children. I don't want them to be separated no more from me. I want them to get to know me. I want that fellowship. I want that intimacy. I want that relationship. And if I have to die for them to get it all back, this is what I'll do. Have you ever thought about dying to the point of that no matter what a person say or do, I love them so much that I'll die to how I feel today. Let's think about it. When you love a person so much, you're willing to die to you. That means that you're saying, God, their hurt is my hurt. Their pain is my pain. This is why we don't take marriage lightly, y'all. Because when my husband hurt, I hurt. When he go through, I go through. Why? Because I'm flesh of his flesh, bone of his bone. See, this is how it's supposed to be. Any man or woman that say that they love each other and hurt one another, you need to check what kind of love you're using and going on because God's kind of love don't hurt people. God's kind of love love people in spite of how you feel. God's kind of love will say, "Uh uh-uh, forget about me. I want to press in, God, to know what's going on with them because they're hurting me because they're hurting. This is why we have to understand when you're in a relationship. See, God loved Israel so much, his covenant people, that, that when they went out and done what other nations was doing, he called it spiritual adultery. So we as men and women of God, when we come together as husband and wife, and when we hurt each other by being with somebody else, it is called adultery. Not only are we hurting our mate, but we're hurting God because God said, that's not the way I taught you. 
That's not what my word is saying unto you. And when you have such an intimacy with God, no matter how the woman look, no matter how the man look, you flee from that because of the love of God that's in you won't allow you to hurt nobody because God don't want you hurting. That's why he gave you the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is there to help us with everything that we need if we allow him to help us. But one thing I can say about Moses, he was so honest. His heart was so before the Lord. And see, God looks at your heart. Y'all, we can say one thing to God, but then God knows, I know you ain't ready yet. Because your heart ain't still right. You just saying what you want me to hear. But your heart still ain't right before me. You got other things before me. And you're trying to play me because of what you want today. You know all of our crying. And all of our boohooing. And all of our hollering out. God said go ahead and get it out. Because you still ain't right yet. You still ain't ready to let go of that relationship. That you put before me. You still ain't ready to let go of those material things. You still are not ready to let go of rejection. Your heart ain't right before me. And see God saw Moses heart. That's why God could trust Moses with his people. Those were God's people and he chose Moses. So Moses said God I want to know you more in an intimate way. And God began to show Moses all of his goodness outside of those signs and those wonders. You got to know God's goodness. You got to, the reason why God said, I want you to know all this. Because when all of these signs and wonders come forth and my goodness and my love and all of that go with it. People will truly know that I'm a loving God and I'm a good God. He want people to know that you don't just stir up some acts or a miracle just for people to see you. Because it's not about you. God know your motive of people being healed. He know your motive of you getting in front of people and telling them about God. He said your motive ain't still right because you don't spend enough time with me to know me for this to be a normal thing for you. Not something that you just perform because you want to be seen and heard and attached to. He said, it's time for you to deny yourself. It's time for you to take up your cross and begin to follow me. And that's knowing me in a more intimate way. And sometimes we think we're right there. But when things pop up in our lives, we know how well we know him. Through what's coming at us in our lives. And then Moses Begin to tell God, if you don't go with us, God, he said, if you don't go with us, people are not going to know us as being separated. And when you really know God, you live in a separate life from the world. Your life is so different that people know that you're not like them. People know that you are different. And this is what God wanted the nations to see. He wanted the nations to see this nation is different from you. He wanted the nations to know about the one and true and living God. He wanted to manifest himself through this nation. And the way he did it was teaching them his way of doing. His statue. So Moses had to stand there and intercede on their behalf. Not only with going to God based on them messing up. But going to God, getting God laws, getting God statues. And bringing them towards to the people. To let the people know this is God's way of doing things. But Moses knew if you don't go with us, they're not going to know that we are separated. 
You need God's presence. You need for God to be in you. For people to know that you're different. We have a new identity. And that identity is not in you no more. It's in Christ. It's in what he wants outside of how we feel. And the more you do what he wants you to do, people are going to know you're different. You don't do things the way that everybody else does them. And God will begin to manifest himself in such a way he has to manifest himself. If you're following his way of doing, he's going to manifest himself because he knows your heart. He knows nothing in between you and him. He know greed is not in between you and him. Covetous is not in between you and him. Idolatry is not in between you and him. He knows your heart. And God want to know that your heart is all for him. This is why that um, David began to talk to Solomon before Solomon took the throne. And one thing that David said to Solomon, and I love this, I believe it's in 1 Chronicles 28, 28 verse 9. And this is what he told Solomon, his son. And thou, Solomon, my son, know thou the God of thy father. Look at, look at what he was telling Solomon. The first thing he told him, I want you to know the God of your father. He wanted Solomon to know the God that he served. He wanted him to have an intimacy with him. He wanted him to have a relationship with God that he knew him for himself. Not knowing about God, but knowing him for yourself. So that's what he was telling um, Solomon. And he began, began to say and serve him. When you know him, you're going to serve him. When you know him and have a relationship with him, you're going to be able to serve him with a perfect heart. All of it worked together because I know him, because I have become acquainted with him, because we have a relationship. I can serve him with a perfect heart. That's just like in a marriage. When you know about a marriage God's way, women, you don't serve your husband just to get a pat on the back. You don't just do it just to say, because I have to do it. You do it because of the love of God that's in you. You don't do it, you know, waiting on him to ask you to do something. Because of the love of God that's in you, because you know God, it has become so much a part of you. It is in your heart that you cannot just sit there and not cook your husband a meal. You cannot sit there in a filthy and dirty house and tell your husband to clean it. You cannot sit there and your body belong to him and not give it to him. Come on, somebody. You cannot do all of that because of what you're going through. When you know God, all of that get pushed to the side because you know God and you know that God is a righteous God. You know him to the point that when you get up in the morning, the first thing you do is become intimate with him. You're developing that relationship with him. you talking with him. You have a place with him in your home that you and him share. And when people come to that place, they know the peace of God is here. The love of God is here. There is no confusion. There is no strife. He is just here. So when you know him, y'all, nobody have to tell you what to do. Because when you know him, he leads you. 
He guides you. He instructs you. He counsels you. He shows you the way that you need to go and you walk in it. That's how you really know that you know him because it has become so much a part of you. You're not trying to do something to get something. You know what you already have. That's just like a marriage. I don't have to do anything to get nothing from this man because I'm just who I am. And every now and then he said, what you want? (laughs) Nothing. Have y'all ever, women, have y'all, your husbands ever asked you what you want without you telling them? (laughs) Hello, somebody. I want nothing. I have everything. On special occasions, y'all, I don't look for nothing. I don't. Because I'm so content in God. If he didn't give me anything, it wouldn't bother me. Because my mind, I know he loved me. If he didn't give me nothing, I know he loved me. But the gesture is good. But I know that he loved me without giving me anything. Some of us are so stuck on putting something up to show people what you got. When your home is torn from the floor Those flowers die. They do. See, what happens is when we watch too much of as the stomach turns and we watch too much of Lifetime and BET Her and BET and all that stuff and we see how men get so romantic with these women, then we expect our husband to do it as well and then you get hurt because he ain't sent you nothing but gave you a plate and told you to put it in the sink. And that's where our emotions lie, based on what we hear, based on what we see. So we want our husband to do what everybody else is doing. When you have a relationship with God, God will let you know the heart of your mate. He'll let you know how much he care, even when it looks like he don't care. God will let you know the heart of a person and we won't be so judgmental just because they ain't blowing in your ear no more. Maybe they're too tired. So we have to understand that when we go to God, God will let us know about others that that need to be made known. And this is why I'm going dealing with David and dealing with Solomon. David was preparing Solomon for kingship and how he prepared him. He said, you need to know the God of your father because he knew that God fought all of his battles. He knew that God was there for him. And he said, son, I'm paraphrasing. If God was there for me, he's going to be there for you. But you got to get to know him for yourself. I can tell you about him. But you got to spend time with him. And you got to get to know him for yourself. And y'all, in getting to know him for yourself, the more you become acquainted with him, anger cannot stay in your house. Strife cannot stay. In your house, you cannot rest with your house being out of order. Ain't no way you can go to sleep and say you know God with anger in your house, with separation in your house, with division in your house. God clears that up before you lay down. That's why he says that we cannot go to, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. See, there's a silent anger too. A silent anger won't say nothing. It just goes to sleep. (laughs) Men, y'all know some of them silent angers with women. Or half answering you when you know that that is not the right answer. So they're giving you a hint that something is wrong. Some of you singing women say, I'm so glad I ain't married. (laughs) But you married to Jesus. 
So do you half answer him? Do you go to bed not saying nothing to him because he ain't saying nothing to you because this didn't happen right in your life today? See, when you're single, some of people single still ain't satisfied. So that's why when we know him, even in being single, we can be satisfied. Because we know him, not know about him, but we know him. So getting back to David and Solomon, and that's where I'm going with Solomon today. And Solomon, when we look at the book of 1 Kings, turn with me to 1 Kings, the third chapter. And this is when Solomon was king. And this is his prayer that he spoke to God about. And verse 7 say, And now, O Lord my God, thou hast made thy servant king instead of David my father. And I'm but a little child. I know not how to go out or to come in. I love this. He recognized that he was being made a king. But he was being honest with God. And that's what we have to do. We have to be honest with God. He was saying, God, I'm being made king, but I don't know how to go out. And I don't know how to come in. See, when we can be honest with God and get pride out the way, then God can really speak to us. God can really work with those that can be honest to say, I can't do this. Remember Jehoshaphat in battle. He began to pray to God, but at the end of that prayer, he said, God, I don't know what to do. Come on, his prayer was all well and good like he did. You know, he was turning to God, but at the end, he said, God, I don't know what to do. My eyes is on you. So we need to quit playing around and making people think we know. You need to say, I don't know, but I know a man who does. And I'm going to seek him and find out what he want to do. And when he tell me, I'm going to tell you. Instead of us trying to lie our way out of something because we're so full of pride that we don't want people to know we don't know. But he said, I don't know how to come in and I don't know how to go out. And he said this, and thy servant is in the midst of thy people. Come on. He knew about them people. He knew how people act, y'all. Come on, Moses already already called him stiff neck because God called him stiff neck. That means stubborn. So they knew that these people were stubborn through the years. Then they said, which thou hast chosen a great people that cannot be numbered nor counted for multitude. So it was a lot of people that he had to be over. This is what he asked. He said, give therefore thy servant an understanding heart. A understanding heart is a heart of knowing what's being said. He said, give me an understanding heart to judge thy people that I may discern between good and bad. For who's able to judge this, thy so great a people? So he opened up. He was honest with God. He said, God, all I want is an understanding heart. I want to understand what's being said. I want to know how to discern between good and bad. He said, because these, this is a great people. He knew they were going to come to him with a lot of situations. Guess what? He really poured out his heart to God. See, that's why I say, God, know your heart. You can tell me anything, but God is going to know your heart. You can tell me I love you, but God know deep down in your heart, you got a problem with me. God knows what's going on and God's going to reveal it to his servant. He's going to allow me to know the good and he's going to allow me to know the bad because I'm representing him. See, when you represent him and God really know your heart, God is going to show you other people's hearts. He's going to show you if that heart is good or is he going to show you if that heart is bad. 
So then he went on to tell him in verse 10. And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this thing. And God said unto him, because thou hast asked this thing and hast not asked for thyself long life, neither hast asked riches for thyself, nor hast asked the life of thine enemies, but hast asked for thyself understanding to discern judgment. Remember, God knew his heart because it wasn't about him. He said, you didn't ask for nothing for yourself. See, when we put I in it, that's a form of pride. We make it about us. God recognized you're not worried about you. You worried about these people. I can use you. See, everybody want to teach. People want to preach. And part of that is not everybody. I want to be seen today. I want people to know I know the word. I'm tired of sitting down. Put me up and let me teach people. See, it's still about you. Because God is looking at those that ain't worrying about being seen. He's looking at those that's caring about the lives of others. He's looking at those that say, God, it ain't about me. It's no longer I who live. I've been crucified with Christ. The life I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and who have died for me. God, it is not about me. It's about whom you want to send me to. Not my will, God, but let your will be done. If I never teach, if I never preach, if I never do anything but sit still, God, you know me. I'm not worried about all that. Send me where you want to send me. I'm not worried about what people say about me. They're going to talk whether I do good. They're going to talk whether I do bad. I'm out to please you and not man. That's how we supposed to be. If I never go to the forefront... It's okay, God, long as I'm doing you. This is what Solomon was saying here. And because God knew that his heart was true. When God know your heart is true, look what God did. He said, and God said unto him, no, 12, behold, I have done according to thy words. Lo, I have given thee a wise and understanding heart so that there was none like thee before thee, neither after thee shall any arise like unto thee. And I have also given thee that which thou hast not asked, both riches and honor, so that there shall not be any among the kings like unto thee all thy days. But this is what he said. And if thou will walk in my ways to keep my statutes, my commandments, as thy father David did walk, then I will lengthen thy days. Look at what God gave him because he knew his heart. See, when God know your heart, When he know your heart is after him. And when your heart is after him, your heart is after people. Because where did God begin? With saving the whole world. God want people. That heart is right with him. So right. That you looking at the ones that are lost. You're not looking. See, our problem is we stay too much focused on saved folk. We too worried about saved folk. Come on, once they become saved, once they get rescued, come on, y'all. They got rescued out of hell. The only thing we do is teach and give them the word and they go out and rescue somebody else. That's disciples. So God is looking at the hearts of those that are concerned about those that are lost, not concerned about our pocketbooks, because when we know him, we know that we're covered. American Express cannot give us what God can. Every card has a limit. And when it don't have a limit, you get in so much debt. 
because you don't know him. When you know him, you know to quit sliding because it's on the card. Because the Holy Spirit is saying, not today. See, when you know him, you doing things his way, even though the flesh hurt. Y'all knowing him, your flesh is going to hurt. Knowing him, your flesh is going to hurt. Because when you know him and the life of God come upon you, flesh represent death. (laughs) So it's going to kill the flesh in your life. The more you know him, flesh is being crucified. That reminds me, y'all, one day I was in the house and... I was, um, I won't tell you the whole story, but I was sitting there before God and all of a sudden um, my daughter was on her way to nursing school and she had to walk from one location to another. And so I keep up with her. So as I was keeping up with her, all of a sudden I said, now she should have been there by now. So our last conversation, she said, mom, I'm almost there. I'm trying to get there. I'm in a hurry. I said, okay, click up. So I'm sitting there, I'm getting back in my word, but I could not stay focused. You know how the enemy bringing stuff before your mind. So I said, I know what I'll do. I'll get up and I'll go ahead and do some housework and then I'll put the word over my ears. So I got ready to do the housework and this is the funny thing. I heard the Holy Spirit say, quit playing a moth and a Mary. I said, excuse me? He said, quit playing a moth and a Mary. I said, okay. He said, you're playing Martha because you're being anxious and you're being troubled about many things. And you're trying to put Mary in there at his feet by listening to me, but you're anxious. He said, be still and know that I'm God. So I come back to my favorite recliner and I sat before him. And I was so quiet before him. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, look at your app again. He said, where was she? I said, right there. He said, where is she now? I said, right there. He said, well, that's where she is. I said, okay. 30 minutes later, she called. She said, mama, I just entered lab. We just got started. I ain't had time to text you, but I'm good. Do y'all understand how we play a moth and Mary at the same time? We think we're getting him in when we put stuff over our ears, but we're busy. Like Martha. He said, you can't be playing a Martha and a Mary with me. You got to choose one or the other. I want you still so I can talk with you. And see, a stillness in knowing God is this. Sometimes we have things on our agenda during the day. So what we do is we play a moth and a Mary. We put him on our ears and we go on about our business. That's all well and good. He said, but I want you still before me. I want you to take the time and be still and hear what I have to say. And then throughout the day, if you want to listen while you're busy, you still can do that. But I want you to be still and hear my instructions for the day. And sometimes we think we're doing well because we're doing that, but we miss out on God. We miss him. And even when we're there before him and everything is going through our head and we cannot really spend that time with God the way we need to, we're missing that relationship. We're missing that intimacy. How many of us, when we was growing up and had boyfriend and girlfriend relationship, we stayed on them phone, that phone for hours. We didn't let nobody interrupt us. Come on, somebody. We stayed, we, we would hang up for, I call you right back, call him right back, didn't miss a beat. When it come to God, when something pop up, we lay him aside. And we go do what we want to do. 
But when situations pop up in our lives now, where are you, God? Where are you, God? He said, I ain't left you. I'm still here. Because I gave you a promise. I said, I will not leave you, nor shall I forsake you. I will be with you even until the end. Getting back to Solomon. So God gave Solomon all of this. But then here it is, y'all. Solomon was knowing God. He was developing a relationship with God. So here he is. God gave him what he asked for. He gave him wisdom. He gave him understanding. He gave him a discerning heart. So here's the test, y'all. These two women in the same chapter come to Solomon and they needed help. Both of them had babies and one baby died. So the woman was telling him the baby that she has is my baby. You know, she rolled over on hers and she switched her baby with my baby and gave me the dead baby. So this is what Solomon did because God gave him wisdom. He gave him understanding on how to handle what needs to be handled. So this is what he said. He said, okay, bring the baby and we're going to cut the baby in half. So this is what the other woman said. She said, okay, yeah, do that. But the real mother stood up and said, no, just give the baby to her. So see, God used Solomon. And when the people found out, check this out, y'all. The Bible said, verse 27, then the king answered and said, give her the living child and in no wise slay it. She's the mother thereof. And listen what happened. And all Israel heard of the judgment which the king had judged and they feared the king for they saw that the wisdom of God was in him to do judgment. What am I saying? When you know God, he's going to manifest himself in front of people. He manifested his wisdom. They knew you cannot mess with Solomon. Because God gave him a wise heart. You cannot come in here and try to fool this. Oh, God is so good. He's so good. I remember an incident. We was in the kitchen and at the, at the church. And I was sitting there and Missy had come before me. She said, this gentleman, he want to see you. I said, okay. So I believe my husband was in the kitchen at the time with me. And as I was eating lunch, he, he come in and he said, I want to ask you a question. I said, okay. He said, I want to know how are you getting all these young folks here to this church? And I just looked at him. I said, excuse me? How are you getting all these young folks to come to this church? We go to people's houses and we tell the mothers, bring these children. Tell these children. I said, come to church. How are you getting all these young folks to come to church? And I said, through the help of the Holy Ghost. And I went back eating. He said, no, how are you doing it? I said, it's not me. It's the God that's in me. And I only do what he would have me to do. So he was so amazed and he still sat there with his pen and his paper waiting on corners. Tell me how do I do it? Do I keep going to these houses and dragging them out and making the parents? I said, I just told you. But that wasn't good enough. When God gives you wisdom and tell you how to carry out things. It's going to be different from the world's way of doing. Y'all got to understand some things I may say you don't understand. But you should know that it's God speaking to you for a reason. Some things I may say to you, I may not understand it. I'm just telling you what God is saying. But when you take it, when you don't take what God has given you and you do what the world has given you, you missing out on God. Some of us are so naturally minded, we're no heavenly good. So you got to come out of the natural. 
You got to tap into what God is doing. Not how the world does it, but how God does it. God will show you. He will give you his wisdom and people would be so astounded. And again, I shared this with you last Sunday on how the lady said, if you bring in 800,000, I'll dance naked on the roof. See, the problem was I didn't have a degree. I didn't have a degree. So they're thinking because I did not have a degree that I could not do what a person could with a degree. So let me tell you how God manifested itself. He bought in the $800,000 with his degree because I sought him. And then God showed me ways how to reach the people that were in the office. He showed me how to do it. Y'all, I, I was holding cooking classes. I would have meetings and God would say, I want you to use, show them, you know, how to cook grits, how to cook rice, how do they prepare it and all this. I'm like, huh? He said, that's what I want you to do. I want you to do a cooking class. So when I sat there and done the class and went through all the procedures, they were so excited. I said, that's what we do with building. I'm building from beginning to end. Money start coming in left and right. And I remember God will give you wisdom even when you're dealing with people that's so angry. Because when their bill is high and they know they don't have another insurance to pay that high copay, and they're getting a bill and that bill is way up there and they're saying my insurance should have paid this. It's our job to file it, but we can't make them pay no more than what they're going to pay. We have to research it. So I was down the hall in a meeting. And somebody ran down the hall and they said, you need to come in this office because somebody's going to get ready to get hurt. <laughs> I had a representative with this man at her desk and this man had already turned red. And she said, if you don't get away from my desk, I'm going to take these scissors out and I'm going to hurt you. <laughs> so I'm sitting there and the first thing I said, Holy Spirit, nobody could calm this man down. This man was very angry. And I said, Holy Spirit, you have to help me because I don't know what to do. Immediately, the Holy Spirit showed me how to talk with this man. This man became very calm. And the whole office was like, what just happened? God just happened. Because it wasn't me. I wasn't even afraid of the man. Why? Because God was already protecting me. See, when you know God and you have a relationship with God, you know how to come in. You know how to come out of a situation because God is there with you and he's going to give you that Holy Ghost boldness. He's going to let you know what tone you should. You can't approach everybody with the same tone. You can't do it. You cannot approach somebody just because I'm, I was the director. I had to come down some notches. See, some of y'all use y'all titles in the church. Mm -mm. Y'all don't remember in the Bible. I believe it's somewhere in the Bible where Jesus washed his disciples' feet. He gave them an example of what they should do. I don't know, Jennifer, if y'all remember, Kim, when God had me to wash their feet. People was like, you going to wash my feet? Yes. Yes, I'm going to give them a good cleaning. <laughs> Trying to get rid of some odor up in here. No, I was doing it God's way. I did what God said because God said you got to let them know that all of us serve the same God. You got to let them know they don't put you up here. They respect who you are. But they don't never put you up here. This is what I teach Miracle Temple. 
Don't you come putting me up here. If you don't cook for your husband, you better not bring me no food up in here. I remember it was a girl, and we still talking about knowing God. There was this certain woman that was going here to the church, and the husband called me, and I said, oh, oh, Lord. See, you have to say, oh, Lord. Oh, Jesus. He called, and he said, I got a problem. And I'm like, okay. What is your problem? He said, I listen to your teachings, and I know what you teach. So I'm not coming at you. I just need some understanding. My wife don't do nothing at home. But she's always at that church. But I know what you told, told her. I'm not getting at you. I'm getting on her. So I need to understand why is it she can't do like she need to do at home. And the Holy Ghost gave me wisdom. And I said, there is a problem that's coming in between you two. And I'm not going to discuss that. But God worked it out and he fixed it. And the wife started doing better at home. The wife started doing better at home. Sometimes we feel like we're not appreciated at home. And when we get that appreciation from a pastor or from a co-worker, we'll do more for them than we do for our very own. So you got to get to the root of why a person is cutting the food and acting like they're acting. So God showed me what the root was. Sometimes when you feel appreciated, you begin to do more. That, that shouldn't make you do more, but it helps. When a man don't thank his wife sometime for cooking or cleaning, or the woman don't thank the husband for changing the oil or keeping the car clean, sometimes the enemy come in and say, they don't appreciate you. They don't appreciate nothing you do. Let them wash their own clothes. Let them cook their own food and see what they can do without you. Oh, women, have y'all ever said this? If I don't do it, it ain't going to get done. Because we got an attitude. But I guarantee you, if you don't do it, a man will find another woman who will. Maybe not at your house, but it is. Come on, somebody. Because the enemy is going to use both situations to divide that house. And a divided house will not stand. So this is why when we have a relationship with God, we get to know him so much, y'all. We don't leave nothing covered up. We uncover it. We deal with it. See, some people think that they're so holy than thou that they can't communicate. That they can't talk to their spouse. That's when we do communicate because a person, a spouse that's in the spirit on the Lord's day is going to know it's something blocking us. It's something in between us. We need to talk about what's in between us because if we don't talk about what's in between us, then this is how strife is coming in. This is how all of this other stuff is coming in. We have to communicate. This is why when we start out with God, communicating with him, having that relationship with him, submitting to him, we will submit to one another without any problems, y'all. If we're not submitting to one another, it's because we're not submitting to God. When you submit to him, you can submit to others. You can submit to your husband and wife. You don't have a problem obeying. Obeying is not a bad word. I remember when I got married, I told that minister, I said, listen here. Y'all tell women to obey these husbands. If you ain't going to tell him to obey me, you take it out. That's what I told the minister. I wasn't saved then, y'all. I wasn't. I wasn't saved then. Why well, I got to say obey? See, I had a form of control right then. Maybe if he had known that. Before we got married, he would have stayed home. 
But the more I got intimate with God, and this man don't remember it this day. I was in the room with God, and God began to speak to me, and he began to show me me. He said, you are too controlling when it comes to your husband. I said, excuse me, I was already crying and boo-hoo, and you making it worse. And then he began to break down control. And I said, wow. So I went in there, and he was shaving, y'all. I went in there crying, eyes puffy red. I'm so sorry. Please forgive me for being controlling. Please forgive me. He looked at me like I was crazy. Now I'm pouring out my heart, and he looking at me like I'm crazy. But guess what? I did what God told me to do, but God still had to work on it. See, this is the problem. God can show us us, and that's good. And we go apologize. But if you don't deal with that control after he showed you, you're going to still do those same patterns. There was a root there. That control came in. I was used to doing things on my own. I, I didn't look for a man to do it for me. Paying my bills, you know, buying furniture, getting my own cars. I was already set up before I met him. But now God was letting me know you are one. It ain't no more of yours and his is y'all. So that's the control that I had because I was self-sufficient, y'all. I felt like, hey, if he don't do nothing, I got it. Come on, some of us feel like that right now. We feel like if the other one don't do nothing, I got it. I always had it. I always been in control. God said, no, y'all work together. It don't matter what comes in this house. It belongs to the both of you. It ain't no he money or she money. It ain't his money is your money and your money is your money. Come on, it's all one. Whatever he need, you help him. Whatever she need, he helps me. So God said, your form of control is you want to stay in control, but you're married now. Some of us are still doing that. Because if not, I don't think God would allow it to be brought out in this room. Sometimes we think that I don't have to do this or I don't have to do that. You're married now. So it's no longer about you. It's about the both of you. So we're going back to Solomon. Solomon, you know, God put him in charge and he was discerning between good and, and bad, and we see how he solved that problem, and God manifests himself in front of the people. And then here is the queen of Sheba, y'all. The queen of Sheba is coming to Solomon. And she's coming to Solomon. It says in chapter 10, verse 1. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. She heard about Solomon. Y'all, when God is doing a good work, when he's doing a great work in your house, he's doing a great work within the church. People are going to hear. That's why that gentleman came to this church, because he heard about what was going on. So he had to come check it out for himself. So the queen of Sheba, she heard about Solomon. And what she heard was he's doing what he's doing because of the Lord. See, we can't leave God out. She heard about his fame and it was because of the name of the Lord, because of the relationship that Solomon had with God. She came to see and she came to give him hard riddles, hard questions to prove him. And verse two said, and she came to Jerusalem and it tells you everything she come with in verse two. And it says, 
um, verse 3, and Solomon told her all her questions. There was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table, the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers. And look, she saw how Solomon was set up. She saw the houses that he built. She saw his servants. She saw how everything was set. She knew this had to be God because it was so well organized that she knew that God was in it, y'all. She knew that this was God's doing through Solomon. And this is where I'm going. Y'all remember I told you how we applied for a, a loan years ago. And God told me to put some stuff in that the accountant did not tell me to put in. But the Lord told me to do it. He said, this is what I want you to do. And I said, okay. So when I'd done it and me and my husband sat before the banker, he said, can I say something to you? In my mind, I'm thinking... I messed up this stuff. He said, I have never seen such excellency in this paperwork that I have sitting before me. He said, I have never seen it. And it was twice that they told us excellency. The spirit of excellency is on this church. Because we did it God's way. Not man's way. Whatever God told me to do. I did it. So they were seeing God and not seeing me. So you know what my, anybody know what I told him? Anybody? Y'all don't know me? To who? That's my word. To God be all the glory. That's what I say to people. Anytime people tell me this work, to God be all the glory. I stop right then. Why? I'm not giving the enemy a chance for me to exalt me. So I cut it off right there. To God be all the glory. Then it was another incident about two weeks ago, three weeks ago. We had to turn in some more stuff to the bank. Y'all, I'm telling you, dealing with banks, dealing with the government, there's things that you have to obey in the laws of the land. This is why when it comes to membership, people get mad. And I'm going to have to explain this. When you're part of a church, a part of a congregation... When paperwork is due for that church, they ask you, is the people still there? You have active lists, you have inactive lists. Active list means that you're participating. You participate how? In paying your tithes and your offerings. You participate in what the church is doing. Inactive means a person is never there. They're not active in anything. So you got to separate those people. You cannot put a head count there because they want to count based on families. They want to know who's actually in that church, who's coming to the church, who's participating. During the pandemic, we know people who are participating even though they're not here because they watch live. They send in their tithes and their offerings. So we have to keep up with this stuff. We have to make sure that everything goes accordingly. So something came up and me and my husband, I had to go through every member. I started at 2014 on up to 2019. So imagine I had to stop doing what I'm doing in the word and I had to go through all these members to find out active or inactive. I have to go through the children to find out which family they belong to. And I had to pull them all out, right, y'all? So praise be to God. I got all of that done. 
And when we got all of that done, my husband was taking care of something else and he needed some numbers. And what he needed was, y'all check this. When they check your stuff, they said, I need the 10 top donors in your church for the 10 top donors in your church for a whole year that have paid consecutively for a whole year. I said, okay. Then he had me to break it down based upon, do they pay zero to 200? Do they pay 299 to 500? I had to list the people that paid in category. Then it went on up to $5,000. I need the ones that is in the category of paying this amount. So I had to go through every member, print out forms. This is why churches supposed to be logging in your giving. They supposed to know what you give and there's a reason why they have to know this. It ain't based on no board sitting up there. It's based on what's in the computer when they come and ask you, where is the money going? So we had to fill out all of these forms. And y'all, I'm sitting there, I'm saying, okay, he's not here. So I need to pull up these forms because they want me to send them all of this information. They want you to send their profit and loss. They want you to send all of this. And they changed the name of profit and loss for nonprofit, which is statement of activity. Duh, didn't know that. But the Lord, the Holy Spirit showed me how to pull every form, showed me what to do and how to do it. And y'all, when I sent it in, evidently it was all right. Because they came back and done what they needed. Mm. I don't have accounting in front of my name. But I want some of you members to know, don't get mad when somebody calls your house. When they ain't seen you in centuries. And ask you, are you still a part of Miracle Temple? It's required, people. Okay? And when you don't, and I went up, when you come to Clem and to the teachings that I do, we went through all of this with membership in high schools. When you don't know what the word is saying, you are unlearned. So you're going to cause division in the church and make people think they doing this for me for maintenance. She's just after my money. When you leave this world, you got to have a church for the body to come in. Now it's the funeral home. Come on, y'all. You got to have something on your obituary. What would your obituary say? I've been affiliated with who? So God gave me the wisdom. Oh, y'all, it works. It works. When you spend time with him and you stop and you don't know, you don't need a degree. He'll show you what to do and how to do it. Whatever you put in is what you're going to get out. Whatever my husband put in that computer is what's going to come out of that computer. And being that I'm not an accountant, I can look at the numbers and say, that's off. And it's off because God told me it was off. How do you know it's off? I don't know how it's off, but it's off. Sure enough, does it be off, honey? Off. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on him. And if we will take the time to get to know him, your businesses will flourish. In the red, it will flourish. People say, how is that possible? Because God do things. He take the foolish things to confound the wise. God take little. 
He making much, but he need an individual to spend time with him, to get to know him so you can carry out what he wants you to carry out. So people will know that you're separated. So the queen of Sheba seen all of this with Solomon. And do you know what she had the audacity to say? In verse six, and she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard in my own land of the acts and of thy wisdom. And listen to what she said in verse 7. How be it, I believe not the words until I came and my eyes have seen it. And behold, the half was not told me. Thy wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame which I heard. Happy are thy men. Happy are these thy servants which stand continually before thee. And they hear thy wisdom. I'm going there. This woman traveled. A long way to see for herself what was being told to her was true. She said, I did not believe it until I seen it for myself. And I believe that had to be an unexpected visit. See, some people set up stuff just because people come. But when you have your house in order, you ain't worrying about who show up. This is why I say, women, keep your house clean. Not just for company. Keep it clean all the time because you never know who's coming or who you might send in your house. And quit making excuses of them cheering. I told them to clean up that mess. But things were in, in such excellency that she began to say she believed it for herself, y'all. But guess what she said? She said, you don't know. I'm, I'm paraphrasing. Y'all are blessed. Because y'all got somebody full of wisdom that you can hear. People miss the people that they have before them that gives them everything that they need. You know, some people on the outside, she come in on the outside and told them how blessed they were to sit before him and hear his wisdom. When you have someone that's giving you the truth, they can answer questions when you need those questions answered from the word. You should be glorifying God and say, God, thank you for putting me where you put me. Some people are so selfish. They don't recognize what they have with the woman or with the man or with children. We find fault in something that they don't do good enough. How many know the truth hurts? How many know the truth hurts because we try to hide something? Did anybody know? The truth only hurts when you're hiding something. I'm going to say it again. The truth wouldn't hurt when you ain't hiding nothing. But nobody shouldn't have to tell you the truth when nothing is hidden because you already know. But when somebody dig deep in your life, of stuff you haven't dealt with. And they come to you and give you a word from the Lord. Why are you mad? Because you don't want to deal with that mess. You don't want to hear what they have to say. So guess what we do? We do just like Adam and Eve done. That woman you gave me. That snake. But guess what the devil didn't do? He ain't blame nobody because he got what he wanted. We blame one another for our issues. How well do you know him? When we know him well, we keep our mouth 
off other people. I'll give you an example with me and my husband, something that just happened this week. I don't mind sharing my stuff because, hey, y'all, God just, ooh, he just replenished me. He just restores me, and I have nothing to be ashamed of. And my husband have nothing to be ashamed of. Do you, honey? <laughs> he sit over there just waiting to hear. What in the world? He already know what I'm talking about, I believe. I had went to pick up my sandwich from my husband. He picked me up a sandwich, and it was so sweet of him. He was cutting grass, and he asked me, you want to come eat with us? Nope. I said, but you can just get me a sandwich, and I'll pick it up. This is the thing here, y'all. I said, but um, let me know when you leave out of that place with my sandwich and just hand it to me when I pull up because I don't want it in your truck. That's what I told him. But then after I hung up with him, y'all, I told him I'd meet him where he was going, didn't I? So when I met him where he was going, I had to pull into this driveway, y'all. I do drive. And I drive quite well. I pulled into the driveway, but I had sense enough to know I couldn't see behind me to back out in front of some traffic. So I asked this gentleman here, where can I turn around at? So he said, you go that way. He said, but watch the stump. So I looked, and I looked again. I said, okay, I got to watch the stump. So I looked straight ahead of me, and I saw another way I could go around that I felt comfortable with instead of going the way he wanted me to go. So I saw that way, but I remembered in my head, he said, watch the stump. So he said, don't go that way, go this way. And I said, why can't I go that way? He never said so I took the way I was taken. All of a sudden, I heard this loud voice. Ho, ho, ho. I said, what in, the, what in the world wrong with this man? I stopped. He said, whoo. He got out. He pointed. He said, don't you see that stop? I looked over there. I said, yeah, it's over there. The stump in front of you. I said, no, I didn't see that stump. And the, the guy that was helping him cut grass was like this. <laughs> so I, I said, okay. I backed up, went on home. Next thing I know, I get a phone call. He said, didn't mean to holler like I did. But if you had hit that stump, you would have tore up that vehicle. I said, okay. So guess what, y'all? So my daughter comes home, and she's in the back seat, and we, we joke around with what we do. So I'm just telling her, and my, and my daughter said, yeah, both of you, you know, you proved, and he proved, da-da-da-da-da. So I was trying to get him to understand, and we got silent. Oh, y'all, God's wisdom. The Holy Spirit told me a scripture. So I looked at my husband, and I said, honey, I said, the Lord is showing me this. I said, you remember the scripture on... Um, blessings and curses, he's telling us to choose. You can choose blessings, you can choose curses, you can choose life, you can choose death, but he said choose life. I said, what God want me to tell you is, you told me to go the other way, but you didn't tell me why not to go that way. You didn't tell me what not to choose. He said, oh, end the conversation. God always give you a choice 
but he come back and tell you what to choose. So when we can do that with one another, I'm not going to tell Teresa, don't jump the ditch. Without telling her why, I'm telling her not to jump that little ditch. She's probably saying, Pastor, I can jump that ditch. That's a small ditch. But if I don't tell her why not to jump that ditch, in her head she's thinking, she think I'm too old to jump that little creek. So I have to say, Teresa, the reason why I want you to jump that ditch, look, there's a big water marcus right there. I told her why. See, we get so arrogant. We think people know what we know and don't. Hello, somebody. Don't you tell your children, don't tell them not to touch the stove, Julia, if you ain't going to tell them if you touch the stove, you're going to get burnt. A child is going to touch the stove because they ain't no why, baby. Never touch this stove. Never touch it. Well, why, mama? Because I told you not to touch it. No, tell them what's behind them touching the stove. Have you ever went to the doctor's appointment and they tell you don't eat too much pork? Did they ever tell you why? Did anybody ever tell you why not to eat too much pork? Because you got high blood pressure. Don't they tell you? Hello, somebody. So why wouldn't our loving father tell us why we shouldn't do what we... It's full of it right here. If you go in here, you will understand why God don't want you to do what you do. Because it's going to end up with death. And God is about life. So what God is telling us, the more you know him, the more we can live this abundant life the way God wants us to live it according to him, y'all, and not according to us. So many people get mad at one another because one is in the word and one ain't. So the one that's in the word is trying to help the one that's not in the word. This is why you cannot be unequally yoked, y'all, in marriage. One can't be Catholic and one can't be Baptist. Because that house is going to be divided. I'm being honest with you. You put an atheist in your house and you say, see what happened. You better be getting to know God because you did it wrong in the first place. You out of his will and you out of his way. I get so tired of people saying Well, I can save them. You couldn't even save yourself. I had a gentleman that was dating a a lady, and he had a friend, and the friend knew he was out of the will of God, and the friend went to him to tell him he was out of the will of God, and he wouldn't listen because the girl was so beautiful. So he he bringing me as a witness. Why are you bringing me? Your pastor as a witness. Go get somebody else. (laughs) But he brought me as a witness to the young fellow, and we began to talk, and he said, I believe I can save her. I said, you can you save yourself. How do you think you can save that girl? I said, you going on how she look and, and, and how she shaped, and you a saved man. And he just started laughing. And it didn't work. They didn't end up being together. See, people get mad at me because I tell you the truth. And frankly, I don't care. Because I answer to God, not you. I'm out to please God and not you. You may turn away from me for a while, but I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to send up a sweet aroma to God about you because that's the love of God that's in me. God, I may be hurt by what they said, but God, you can still use them in the way you need to use them outside of what they said. So forgive them, God. They don't know what they said spiritually. 
They know what they said naturally. They meant it to hurt me. But God, you told me to pray for those who spitefully. You told me to do this, God. So I'm going to do this in the midst of my hurt. And I'm doing it with my whole heart. Not just saying a prayer and letting it go like I've done something. But a heartfelt prayer. When you know him, you can't keep all of these things in your heart. You're ready to do what his word tells you to do so you can be free of these things. Y'all, let's quit holding stuff in our heart and saying we know God. Just say, I know about him, but I don't know him yet. Say, I know about him and missing hell, but I have not come to know him yet. And the world knows who know him. Because as the world hated him, the world is going to hate you because you know him. They don't want nothing else to do with you because you're not going on what they're going on. You going on God's way of doing things. Don't get me wrong. God put men and women on this earth to help us. Doctors, lawyers, carpenters, mechanics, all of that. He put all of them here to help us. But in the midst of going to them, we have to manifest God. Not them. Our dependency is on God coming in and going out. Not on man. Because man tell you one thing and you find out that ain't the right thing. Some men and women are so prideful, they'll keep trying and trying and trying just to say, look what I've done. But when you know him, you begin to minister to them through the gifts of the spirit, through discerning what's good and what's bad, and you begin to tell them what God is saying. And that's when they say, I know that's God. Because you didn't know that. So what are we going to do, y'all? Are we going to get to know him? Become acquainted with him? Develop our relationship with him so we can get this stuff out of our homes that don't supposed to be in our homes? And I think I told y'all before when I felt like it was something in our home and I laid down with it and I rose up with it. When God revealed it to me, I began to speak to it. I got tired of it speaking to me. And the atmosphere shifted. If you want your atmosphere to shift in your home, quit being stiff-necked. Quit being so stubborn. I get so tired of Christians thinking that they know more than somebody else. You might. But if you did know more of the word than somebody else, you'd be living it in a loving way. Not in a condemning way, looking at yourself. See, I found out what real love was through going through things and how I reacted through what I was going through. I found out what God's love was, how unconditional it was through all the hurts and things that I have in my life or had. I could not love that man any more than I love him if it was not God that allowed me to do it. Because do he get on my nerves sometimes? Oh, yeah, I get on his too, for sure. But at the end of the day, by us being who we are in him, y'all, it didn't take my husband long to call me back. I got round the corner my phone was ringing. Because he, it hit him right then. I hurt her. And he apologized. I'm telling y'all, God is so good. We didn't want that stuff in our house. And now we can just laugh about it. 
Some things he do, some things I do, we can laugh. And sometimes when I'm trying to tell him something or measuring something, he'll just look at me and say, man, look at that. And just put it on the wall. <laughs> All this measuring here, I could put a nail there and just, that's the middle, man. That's the middle. But that's a man thing. And guess what, y'all? It'll be the middle. But he got to do it his way, so God had to deliver me. <laughs> that man measured. Mm-mm, he's a measuring. Y'all know. Milk and Temple, y'all know he measured, right? Yeah. If he see a hole in the wall, and Sister Nisha, you know he measured them. <laughs> he going to measure them walls. And he going to ask if he see a hole in that wall, a little teeny one. Who put that there? <laughs> now, Willie, you go get some stuff and you, you paint it. <laughs> He noticed stuff, y'all, because that's the God that's in him. He don't miss stuff like that, and he takes his time. God will give you your opposite to mold you. If both of us was the same way, we couldn't really stay together. He helps me, and I helps him. We could, God give you your opposite. Opposite do attract. Some of you might have married a geek. And then you say, that's just not me. But God knew what you needed to calm you down. He did. So we have to go on his wisdom. Quit writing down blue eyes, brown, muscular, and all this stuff. If God didn't give you that tad up, I want to be blue-eyed because I want my kids to come out blue-eyed ivory. I want to be pretty so my kids be pretty. I want to ugly kids. I want this color kid. God, what is that song that says he love all the children in the world, black and white? So where do we get it from? I don't want nothing dark I can't see. God created that. I want one with a gap. I want one that look like chocolate. <laughs> Bring on the chocolate. That's being prejudiced. You want what God wants you to have, not what you want you to have. You know God's going to hook you up. God's going to hook you up. Quit trying to hook yourself up and getting hurt in your hookups. Because we're trying to find that pretty person to walk beside you where everybody can look at them and not you mad. You wanted that pretty man or that handsome man. You wanted that model and now you telling her, put on some clothes. That's who you got. But a woman or a man that's been with Jesus know how to dress. That's why I tell people, lay off some of these people. They don't know yet because they ain't really been with Jesus. When you truly be with Jesus, y'all, you may show a little bit of cleavage, right? But after a while, you got pins all the way up your neck. Mm-hmm. I had one girl that was falling in love with Jesus. I never forget. She said, I've been so hurt by men. I want to make sure that I wasn't showing too much. Child, she went all the way up to the neck with it. She made me hot looking at her. I'm like, listen here. You don't have to go that far, baby. You don't have to go that far looking like them people over there. And, uh, I'm, yeah. She was covering it all up. 
I say I appreciate what you're doing, but I believe God's going to show you a more modest way because you're trying to do this. Let God show you how to do it, and you can be satisfied. So get to know him so you can be satisfied because let me tell you something. People grew up in a holiness manner, right? Holiness manner means you put this on your head and you put dresses down to your feet. You don't show nothing. That ain't God's way. That's not God's way. If you decide to do that, don't tell somebody else they have to. My granddaddy always told me, and he would tell it, grandmama, he said, if they go over in the church naked, in which they ain't, he said, God, no, he said, God ain't coming for the clothes. God is coming from the heart. Because when you go be with him, the clothes going to be left behind. So he was teaching us in a way, quit looking at people by how they dress. God looks at the heart. And when you spend time with God, you're going to know how to dress. People knew different denominations by the way they dressed. And half of the ones that wore the skirts to their ankles got more youngins than anybody else. Because they were trying to live. You want to live a holy life, but you're already holy because of him. They thought their holiness was based on their clothes. It's not. It's based on who you are in him. And we want to be holy because he's holy. Holy means to be set apart. That means to be different. This is what we're talking about. Representing his way of doing. Not our way of doing. And today Jezebels are the ones who wear makeup. That's not Jezebel. Mm -mm. A Jezebel can have on no makeup and be a Jezebel. And be a good one at that. So know what the word of God is saying before we become so judgmental. The closer you get to him, the more you will know what to do and how to do it. Because you're doing it unto him and not unto yourself. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise. Isn't God a good God? Hallelujah. And I'm going to do this. Um, Is there anyone in here today that want to share an experience about how you have come to know him and your life has changed. Not only your life, but your wife, your children, it has changed. Nobody. Wow. Come on, Brother Willie. Come on now. Can you come stand up here and turn? You got the camera right there if you don't mind because somebody want to hear you. Already done. Thank you, brother. My wife and I, she already know what I'm going to say. When we were kids, well, we were teenagers. We, uh, uh, I'm just going to give you the one about how she, how the Lord used her to get my attention. It's real. Like you say, we got, we bullheaded. Well, I, I was, she, it is an ain't, it is an ain't, it is an ain't, it is. We went, came to, went to a baseball game. And we were on our way back, right? So I said, whatever came up, I said, it is. She said, it ain't. I said, it is. It ain't. I said, it is. It ain't. It is. It ain't. We went back and forth, right? I said, it is. She said, it is. I'm sure the wisdom of God. It's real. It's funny that you talked about that. But it ain't funny. It is what it is. It's real. I pull off side of the road about 10 or 15 miles up the road. And it's real now. 
I said, you disagreed with me. You knew that I was wrong. She said, that's the only way I can get your attention. She got my attention, too. Well, excuse me, he got my attention. I don't know if that means anything to anybody, but that's real to me. And I was thinking, I'm sorry, brother. And I was thinking I was right. Thank you, brother. I was thinking I was right. We ain't all that righteous. And I was messed up from the floor. Tore, excuse me, tore up from the floor. I was that way. Because what my, I was taught, I thought that I was right. And respect came. Oh, a lot of times I have to home myself, even my boys. They'll know I'm wrong, and they won't, they won't, they won't, they will not. They will not. They will not. Absolutely will not. And I'll go back and say, you know what, boys? You knew I was wrong, and y'all went with it. Y'all rock and roll with me, and you knew I was wrong. They said, Daddy, it's all right. And I'm sitting back, and I can thank, I can actually thank God. I can, it's, it's so many things, and, and God is good. After hearing that word, ah, right, man, I'm going to tell you something. That's how good God is to us. He loves us so much to give us a word. Look at the times we're going through. Excuse me, sister. I, I know you didn't. I, I, you don't supposed to be like this. The, pre, the word the preacher has already preached. I look at places that are around us and places that we, we, we pass by to get here, right? They close. They shut down. I thank God for the ones that are here. Uh, because I'm, I'm, I'm led to talk to you guys. Uh, I thank God for y'all. And the ones that are not here. I don't want to forget nobody. Because it ain't about me. Stay grounded and rooted in him. That's what I had to do. I'm still trying to do it. And with other than him leading God in me, I can't do nothing on my own. I'm not self-sufficient. To understand her, and we were raised different, and her words were different than mine, and because we came from two different backgrounds. But God used us for one common cause, to raise our kids, to, to be of service to him, not to us. And to reverence him in times such as this. Look around. Even here, look around. I got two boys that want to come to church. They can't come because of the jobs that they have. They can't come to this place. So I say have church home. And do what's right by him. And pray and ask God. In his time, he'll he reveal things and things will come full circle. One was supposed to be here today, but, you know. And we all go through stuff. I was one of them guys. I was in the street too. But God's brought me out of the streets for a common cause, for such a time as this. And don't mind standing for him. Because so many, again, is falling for anything. Amen. And that's real. Amen. To God be the glory. Amen. Amen. Come on, Tiffany. Amen. Hallelujah. Good afternoon, everybody. Um, I'm not sure. Well, I know a lot of you have Facebook, 
But um, in the last year, you know, when I first came here, Pastor spoke into my life on how I would be blessed. And I've been a member here for like the last year, you know, and I'm, I'm, I was grateful for that word. But, um, you know, having her said that, I knew my heart. I was like, okay, you know, thank you, Lord, for that word. But no matter what, you know, I just want to get to know you. And no matter what, I just always want people to see the God that sent me, you know. Um, so that's all I ever want to show. But in the last year, um, I mean, so much has happened. Um, my face has been all over Facebook. And this isn't stuff that I'm, you know, that I, like, really want or, you know. But, you know, I've not I've achieved, but God has blessed me with, like, so much. So, for one, was my job, you know, because I didn't go to school to be a teacher. My degree is in social work. Um, and after becoming a teacher assistant, you know, I had emailed my, within my first year of school since my email the director and asked her, well, what do I need to do to become a teacher? Um, that email didn't get answered for three years, but then within the third year, I got an email on a Sunday morning. Um, they were asking me if I want, wanted to take the teaching job at Burger Elementary. So that was a blessing. You know, my, like I said, my degree is in social work, but he called me to teach at Burger Elementary, and this is my third year um, teaching at Burger Elementary with a social work degree. Within my second year teaching at Burgo Elementary School, right after Pastor spoke to me that God was going to use me, He was going to bless me. That's when He gave me the Teacher of the Year, a Teacher of the Week award. Um, that was something that was all over the Facebook, all over the news, and I'm just like, "Whoa, Jesus!" You know, I'm like, it, at, at that time, I was going through so much in the classroom. I didn't have a TA, you know, uh, just trying to work with. I think I had nine kids at the time by myself. And it came at a time that I felt like, oh, my goodness, I was going through so much in the classroom. But through it all, he still blessed me, you know, so that was major. And then this summer, you know, I got a random call saying, hey, uh, you've been selected to be Wilmington Chamber of Commerce, one of uh, the 40 under 40 recipients. And I'm like, what? Who, me? They was like, yeah. Um, and I'm like, okay, uh, well, still right now, I'm like, well, how did I get this? And But still, you know, once again, that's Jesus, because there's nothing, nothing that I have done, you know, to deserve any that, anything that he has done for me. And I'm like, well, God, you know, I mean, he's just blessed me so much. And people, you know, they compliment me. I'm like, honey, that's all Jesus, you know, and I tell him that all the time. So I could totally relate to you when you say, you know, you didn't have a degree for your position. I necessarily don't have it for mine, but God, you know what I mean? But God, he put me in a position, and he's doing these things for me. It is so not me. It is so not me. So that's why I give him all the honor, the glory, and the praise. And even with our soft business, I mean, it was something that, you know, I tried and I, you know, because I was like, honey, that sauce is good. People keep asking for it. So we might as well, you know, let's go for it and see what works. So we've been doing it for five years. But, you know, it's, it's a job. I'm a mom. I'm a teacher. And, and you know, but every time I try to kind of like walk away from it, he would tell me, okay, you're not finished with that yet. You know, I couldn't just put it down. So, but this year he um, showed me this organization. You know, I went to a meeting, Genesis Block. Uh, and I didn't want to go because I, you know, I'm like, Lord, I'm scared. I don't want to, you know, join something else, be trying to do something else. But I went. But this business or company that I'm with, Genesis Block, they've been such a blessing in our lives to help us with our business and to kind of like get it to the next level. And everyone that I have met at this organization, um, Genesis Block, or with this business, um, they've just been a blessing. And But like with everything that has happened in the last year, 
like I mainly just wanted to say it is not me and I give God all the glory and honor for everything that he has done for me and I'm beyond grateful so grateful for you and just letting God use you in the word that you um teach us every Sunday and on Wednesday so whether I'm here or not once I you know just listen to you here and listen to the word that you give you know online if you know if I'm not here but I'm just grateful for you guys accepting the calling that God has on your life so just thank you so much for that and I just I'm I'm grateful for my brother being here and I'm just grateful that I came here to this church because the word is so true and it just helped me and it really has you know helped me to get to know God and who he is in our lives so no matter what I get no matter you know what he does for me I'm just grateful for that and just want to give him the glory and the honor and the praise through it all amen look at God opening doors that no man can shut isn't that awesome and didn't he tell you that doing new year's coming in Y'all going to begin to see things. You're going to go through some doors. See, God know what he's doing. Y'all just spend time with him and get to know him. Can we have the announcements? And we are having communion today. It's today, today for communion, right? Amen. Praise the Lord, everybody. Hallelujah. Sunday school is every Sunday at 945. Sunday morning worship service is every Sunday at 11. Clem School of Ministry is every Tuesday at 7 p.m. You can watch us live on Tuesdays at, uh, Tuesdays at 7 p.m., Sundays at 11 on our website, which is www.mtdm.org or on Facebook. Watch us on Sunday mornings at 6 a.m. WSFX Fox 26. If you would like um, the teaching from today, you can see myself or Athelia. Watch um, with our podcast. We are on 500 different forums. Um, iHeartRadio, we're on iHeartRadio. We're on Amazon Podcast, SoundCloud. And we have the Miracle Temple app, ways to send your tithes and offerings. You can go to www.mtdm.org. You can use our cash app, which is dollar sign MTDM number 20, or you can mail it to P.O. Box 1042, Burgon, North Carolina, 28425. And we are asking everyone in the ministry that has a Facebook page to share a post on what we're doing here in the ministry. Um, let them know that we're on iHeartRadio, that we have a podcast, um, SoundCloud, and everything else we're doing here in the ministry. I was on the, um, the podcast website doing some stuff yesterday, and that was my very first time on the podcast website. And I was like, own it. And so when I finished doing what I was doing, I started clicking on some stuff. And it said we were in Germany, 
We were in Oregon. We were in New York. We were in Maine. We were all across the nation. And I began to give God glory and honor and praise because I knew that that was God. Because he told um, Apostle that we would take this word to the nations, and it is going to the nations. So we give God glory for that. On October 17th at 9 a.m., we need volunteers to come out to do a fall cleaning of the church gym and at, um, administration building. Please see Sister Denise if you are able to help. So sign up. It's for the 17th. And we're going to clean up. See Sister Denise. Thank you. Good afternoon. I want to announce that on October the 25th, we will be celebrating Jesus and Apostle and Brother James. At 11 o'clock, we ask that you invite your family and friends to come out and help celebrate 20 years in the ministry, it's because of Jesus that Apostle and Brother James has been able to uh, minister the word and the gospel to do what God has called them to do. It's only because of him. If anyone is interested in giving Apostle, being a blessing to Apostle and Brother James with the love offering, you can give it to me. Or it's a blue box in Miss Denise's office that you can put it in there. But we just want to be a blessing to them. Is there any more announcements? I have one announcement. Um, my daughter has been blessed through her school, and I know it's God. Um, they needed for her to come up with some type of organization where they can give her money to help with it. And she come up with hope for the hopeless. And what it is is feeding um, people that are in need. And it's going to be on December the 19th. And if we can get some volunteers, we're going to put up flyers and, um, you know, we're going to feed them and uh, take the food where they are. And we're going to have plates here where people can pick up plates and leave like a drive through But I give God glory that the school accepted what she put together for hope for the hopeless. Because it's always somebody in need and we want to let them know the love of God. Amen. So get with me or get with my husband or sister Denise if you want to be a part of that so we can, you know, deliver the plates. And they even told her she could put money in there to for gas. You know, she just did it all where everybody can, you know, get something from it. But we give God glory for that. Amen. To change man's heart towards even this ministry because that's something we want to do for Thanksgiving or Christmas. And God made it possible. So we give God glory for that. Is that all the announcements before we go into our communion? And then we will dismiss. I'm going to ask um, Olisa. More sweet potatoes. Seem like the more y'all take, God multiply. <laughs> See how he does? 